Welcome back to the Deeper Dive podcast produced locally in the Roman Catholic Archdiocese of Washington, D.C. at Sacred Heart Roman Catholic Church in La Plata, Maryland. My name is Bill Winnell. As always, joined by Monsignor Charlie Pope. Good afternoon, Monsignor Pope. Good afternoon. And Father Larry Swing. Father, how are you? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Today, we're going to continue our series. Uh, today, we're going to discuss the, uh, the virtue of justice. It's sub virtues and just like the others it's vices so father larry okay so i you know i think this is a great um synopsis of the four human virtues i figured we just finished these up before we uh go to another topic so today we're going to talk about the virtue of justice justice is giving god and others what they rightfully what we rightly rightfully owe them and i'll have monsignor give more a precise definition of that and like we have been in the last couple of weeks we are going to uh, talk about what is justice, the what does it require from us, you know, as human persons, like what are the virtues that the sub virtues to this particular uh, uh, to to justice and then the, the sins that go against it or what we would call um, the defects or not living justice in the way we ought to. So Monsignor, mm-hmm. uh, how about how about a uh, definition of justice? Yeah. <clears throat> As you mentioned, you know, just briefly, it is to render to someone what is due to them. Uh, but as a virtue, uh, it is uh, habitual, right? So, in other words, um, it is it is a constant. It's a it's a moral virtue that ensures a constant and a firm will to give due what is due to God and to neighbor. And um, justice towards God is called the virtue of religion. Justice towards men disposes us to respect the rights of one another uh, and to establish human relationships that promote, again, what is due to other people in terms of their dignity and their basic rights. Uh, it's, it's also a kind of a habitual thinking um, about upright conduct and, and so on in terms of our neighbor. You know, we hear a lot today about social justice, but really all justice is social, right? I mean, it's always between persons. Um, the uh, if even if those persons are the three persons of the Holy Trinity, it's it's between persons, and so uh, that's why I think this that 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 coined term social justice is probably yeah. Well, we've gotten stuck with it, but it's not. It's kind of it's kind of an oxymoron. All justice is social, but anyway, right. enough said. I'm, right. I'm little pet peeve there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think social justice has got a bad rap because you know if you go to uh, you know, certain parishes or people that work at parishes, they'll say, well, this is a social justice parish. And <laughs> like, well, what does that mean? And I think it, I think it means, well, we don't really talk about morality. We just talk about, you know, feeding the poor, which is we're supposed to do. Yeah. There's nothing. I mean, it's a good thing, but it's almost like, well, this is the whole gospel. Well, it's a part of it, but it's not the whole gospel. Right. right. So uh, good. So let's um, let's kind of look at, uh, I think it's really helpful uh with justice and folks, you know, there is a lot that falls under justice. So we're not sure if we're going to get through, we can't do all of them, but Mm -hmm. we're going to maybe pick some. So what I thought we would do is read all the uh, virtues, and then we'll just pick a few to talk about. And folks, we can uh, figure out how to, you know, lead you to a link to look at the rest of them in detail. But um, so I'll read them. And then Monsignor, I'm going to have you pick a few and we'll discuss them. So the mm. first is commutative justice, the justice that exists between, uh, hold on one second. Uh, uh, between people, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. I just lost my place. Well, it's maybe the, I'll just list them and then we can define yeah, it. Yeah, go ahead. These yeah. are like related parts or yeah. um, if, uh, related virtues in justice. So commutative justice, distributive justice, restitution, respect, uh, religion, piety, honor, gratitude. A just compensation, you know, truth, friendship, liberality, and flexibility. So these are some of the parts, if you will, that, that Thomas lists in the Summa on, on the related parts um, of, that make up what we call justice. Okay. So I think the most um, arcane, uh, even though they're the most basic, would be the distinction between commutative justice and distributive justice. Mm. This is something that people have sort of heard about if they've studied any 
you know, religious text at all, but it's it's not something that people often distinguish very well. But commutative justice is the justice that exists between two people, between man and man, or two people. Um, whereas distributive justice is justice exercised by the community uh, toward individual members of that community. So um, Thomas likes to say that in in commutative justice, goods are exchanged. You know, I, I give you something and I expect this in return. There's a, a justice there. Whereas in distributive justice, uh, goods are dispensed. Now, by the way, the care of the poor is, is, is caught up in, if you read the catechism, this, this part that we call distributive justice, the care of the poor especially is, is under this, but how is that justice? Isn't that like mercy? Uh, no, actually, there, there, there could be mercy, but we do owe things to the poor. So there's an old saying, you know, if I have two coats, one of them belongs to the poor. Now, I'm not going to get into, I need multicolored coats, I need a spring coat, I, mean, I don't mean literally two coats. But the point is, that to the degree we have more than we need, um, the, 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 there, there's a, a principle in, in uh, distributive justice that the church teaches called the universal destination of all goods. So that means that God gave all the goods of this world for all the people of this world. Now, what often happens, though, is that some of us get more of the goods of this world than we a need, and the distribution isn't equal. So to some degree, I therefore, if I have more than I need, and all the goods of the world belong to all the people of the world, to refuse to render some of these things to them is a form of theft. So it, it does come under justice, the care of the poor. Um, and I know that poverty is complicated, but at the end of the day, in and of itself, the care of the poor, uh, the disadvantaged and so on, uh, is part of justice because something is owed to them frequently by us who have more than we need. So could there be a, an example where, uh, you know, feeding the poor could be both community justice and distributive justice? In other words, where it's man to man, like I see a guy in the street. So the bigger principle, I think, would be distributive that if I've got I've already had lunch, he's trying to get lunch and in injustice, I should give him something if I can do it. Mm -hmm. um, but wouldn't yeah. there be a part that that's also it's just, hey, it's my brother in Christ and it's also community at the same time? Or is that could yeah. they be both and it's at, at in some some degree? I think I think you're right. That's a good uh that's a good uh, addition you've made there. Uh, I don't mean to simply park it under distributive justice. Uh, there, there is, uh, we, we do owe things uh, to the poor that we know uh, just person to person. Yes. You're right. 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 Okay. So let's, let's use, let's use down to the examples, uh, Monsignor uh, Pope with this in a community of justice uh, between man and a man. So let's use a married couple. Mm -hmm. What would justice give an example? Uh, or our, or maybe a child a child to his parents mm -hmm. what would be an example of commutative justice in that in that regard either either of those examples yeah. I, I should think that children uh, owe their parents gratitude uh, they owe them respect um, they owe them um, the um, um, uh, you know the uh, you know the, 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 uh, an obedience and listening ear um, and um, yeah, so I, I I think that's kind of right on the fly. That's about the best I can come up with. There's more, right. obviously, but certainly children do owe a great deal uh, to their parents, um, right? As well as honor. Hmm? Yeah. All right. What about uh, employee employer to an employee? Yeah. Just so wage. again, you, you're to give a, a just day's wage for a just day's work. You're also to give just day's work for a just day's wage. In other words. Ah. Uh, we have to, yeah. you, I've agreed on the usual wage or whatever, and I I owe it to my employer uh, to do what uh, my employer wants and needs. He's paying, he or she is paying me to do. So uh, I, I, you know, we can also, I think, especially today in this time of distraction, and a lot of us have desk jobs, be off reading the internet or doing personal things on work time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we need to that's that's it's, uh, it's unjust in the sense that it's, it's their time. They're paying us to do their work. Um, and uh, we, we so we owe them. We owe them that injustice. Have you ever seen the movie Office Space Monsignor Pope? No, it, it's a it's a comedy. I don't know if Bill's seen it, but they but it basically there's like it's it's this um, it's a comedy about the workplace. And uh, they they bring in, you know, this uh, 
this, you know, this company to just evaluate the, the company itself. And so this one guy who just basically is in a trance, so he's not really going to work. They, they interview him and they say, well, how much work do you do on an average day? And he's like, Hmm, about a couple hours, <laughs> you know? And he's like, so what do you do? He goes, well, you know, I come in a little bit late. I stare at the computer for an hour, you know, go to the coffee machine. And I, I kind of thought about this. That's probably most people probably that's a reality, you know, or I mean, how many people really give uh, right. a full day's work, you know? Right. Um, so, all right. So we got community justice, distributed justice, and then uh, let's do, uh, this is interesting. I think for a lot of people, religion, I don't think people re realize mm -hmm. that religion is actually an act of justice. Yeah. And uh, with that, there's some, you know, you've got, um, you know, devotion, prayer, vocal praise, adoration, sacrifice, oblations, tithes and offerings, vows, and oaths all go under, under that. So let's talk about a few of them and like why yeah. that is an act of justice. So you devotion. Know, I think, yeah, I think that it, it, it is sort of surprising to some people that Thomas, uh, and not just Thomas, I mean, he's using the classical, you know, Greek, Hellenist kind of system, that religion is is due or owed to God. It is um, God gives us everything. God provides. God is owed our gratitude, our worship, um, our you know honor, respect, uh, obedience. God is owed this. But a lot of times, I think people want to tuck religion under, um, you know, uh, you know, maybe under faith that makes some sense and so on. But at the end of the day, it really is ultimately a matter of justice. And you know, I think we all tire of the people who kind of talk like this. I didn't get to church because. I'm not getting fed and I'm like, you know, uh, I, I don't understand this and I just, you know, that kind of a thing. And um, so I said, well, you know, you, you're really, the main reason you go to church is because you owe God worship and he has set forth the Sabbath rest for us and also Sunday worship, you know, in other words, for, for worship. And uh, we owe him this. Uh, I, frankly, whether you're getting something out of it, I hope so. But, but the point is, is that even if you don't, feel like you are getting something let's say you're in a foreign country you don't speak the language you're going to go to mass why bother i wouldn't understand well it's not about you it's just not about you it's about the worship that you owe god to stand in his house on the appointed day and say god you are good you're holy you're awesome you're wonderful i give you thanks i praise you and this is god is owed this and that's so it it takes a little bit of a um, this sort of idiosyncrasy and sort of God is like you know my all in all and you know we sort of invent our own designer gods with this sort of attitude today we turn religion kind of into a a therapeutic or an alter ego and this God that we worship just almost always happens to agree with us and um, and and so again we have this attitude today that God is like sort of a a, a divine butler he steps and fetches for me or he. Uh, you know, he takes care of me. Um, it's all focused on me and what I need and what I want. When that's not where we begin with God, we begin with saying, "I'm, I, you are God, and I am not, and I owe you gratitude because everything I have and am and are is yours, and you've given it to me, and I owe you this." Okay, and that's a better place to start. All this attitude stuff that we bring shows that we've got the whole thing backwards. It's all about me and the aware gathered community celebrating itself. And by the way, right. God's invited too. And it all has to make sense and please the community. No, it doesn't. In fact, good worship should be sacrificial. It should test the community. It should um, in some ways challenge the community, you know? Right. In, in some respects, and I don't want to, I'm not here to poke the bear or stir up, stir up a hornet's nest, but hasn't, isn't it fair to say that some of that has even found its way into the, uh, whatever you want to, uh, call it the, uh, let's just say the, for lack of a better term, traditional Catholics versus everything else. Mm -hmm. I, some of the, some of the comments that, um, I'm, I'm certainly all, I'm certain all of you are aware and see it all the time from those that we would call on the tr traditional side, it, it almost, this sounds almost in some respects as to what, what we're talking about here. Um, mm. That, that rigidness and the inability sometimes where they lose track of, well, it's, it's not about you or your preferences. Is that mm. fair? Well, I, I, I think it's true on, on both sides. It's, oh, no, it's I, more I mean both human, sides for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's a human problem. And I think, um, um, I think traditional Catholics would probably, 
poke back at you, the bear, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and by saying, well, <clears throat> what we're trying to get away from in traditional Latin mass is all this idiosyncrasy and the, it's all about me and what makes some sense to me and us or the aware gathered community. So they would probably push back. But I do think you're right. I think we all can become very persnickety about what we like or don't like in worship. And it all has to be just so. Whereas, you know, when, when communities gather, even Latin mass communities, there's going to be some fighting over whether this is song or that song or incense or not, or, you know, there's going to be, there's always room for this sort of uh, fuss budgety thing. And we're kind of getting, we're missing <laughs> the main point, which is this is about God and what he is due. Yeah. And so it can happen, I think on either, either side. And sure. it does. And yep. it's, you know, I have a gospel music kind of genre at the parish here. And we just think, you know, we're, we're the bee's knees. I mean, you know, and I think we had a great choir and I, I love our form of worship, but it isn't for everybody. Yep. And even we, we have to say, but this is, this is really not just about, well, what we prefer. I don't like to go to other churches because they don't do it like we do. Well, I said, well, you're going to, you should, you better go. Yes, you better. When you're out of town, you better go. Oh, but it's so boring. I know, but it's not about you. Yeah. And it's <laughs> not about you. Now, the thing I do like about gospel music, by the way, is that it's all about God. So much of the other modern Catholic stuff we sing today, it's about the community. We are gathered. We are here. We are young. We are old. We are making this. We are a new church. We are we are the light of the world. We are this. And oh, I tire of it so quickly. Um, but at least, you know, gospel music is all about God. It really is. Anyway, but enough said. I've, I, yeah. Well, let's, let's, this is great. Let's turn on to another aspect that I looked on these virtues, Monsignor, and it talked about friendship is mm-hmm. an act of judgment and I, of, of justice. And I was, uh, you know, a, a lot of these, I'm like, yeah, I've heard that, heard that, heard that, but friendship, I've never, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe skipped over that. And it says maintaining human ties with others in an appropriate degree. Explain. Mm-hmm. How is friendship an act of justice? Well, as I say, I think it, we want to not see it simply. I, I think in English, for example, we would, we might distinguish between acquaintances and friends. I would say a friend is someone who knows just about everything about you uh, and still likes you. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, there's about one or two of those in the world. Yeah. Whereas an acquaintance, you know, might be um, someone that, you know, they may have a professional quality, you know, we, we go together at work or whatever, but they, they're not, it wouldn't be someone who knows everything about you. And, you know, you, you share deeply with everybody at work or something like that. So I think that if we broaden it to see more than just uh, really close friendships, but the, that we have an obligation to, um, uh, to, to form and maintain human ties with other people to appropriate degrees. Now, for example, Today at the funeral, at every funeral, I, 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 you know, speak to the gathered faithful because most of them, I would say 80% of the people at funerals that I preach are not going to church, you know, or really anything spiritual in their lives. So I kind of go after them a little and I say, now look, God expects you to be part of a worshiping community, uh, get to mass on Sunday, not just for your sake, but for all of our sakes. We need you. We need to be together in this. We all need to come together so that the the the, the faith of the community can be celebrated, but also sustained, and we hold each other accountable. And if you won't go for your own sake, please come for the sake of others. You owe this to God, and you owe it to us, to others. We need to stick together in this. So there's a kind of a, a justice in going to, um, to mass, for example, or I think some of us, when we really care about certain things, we have some obligation to join communities and organizations that are um, at work and the things that we truly believe are important um, to form. Like I know you formed a group uh, around pain management and so on. Uh, you know, Father, I think that's a beautiful thing. You know, you you share, you know, you you all share on these kinds of ideas of how to how to manage and handle it. Um, all these are just ways of saying that. Um, uh, we uh, we owe one another some degree of care um, in such a way that uh, we, uh, we 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 form and maintain and work on these relationships that are uh, helpful to not just to me but to others as well. So, for example, another example: I have a group of about five priests. We get together generally right. on the days off, right. and to some degree, um, we try to maintain that whether we feel like it or not, because. Um, well, we all need each other. And I might not feel like going out to lunch today with the guys, but hey, they need it too. So that's yeah. kind of the thinking here about friendship. So fraternity, I guess fraternity or Catholic, you know, like for me, I was going to bring up that point is, uh, you know, meeting up with fellow priests, 
for listeners meeting up with fellow Catholics for fraternity and fellowship, but also, you know, you know, talking about your spiritual life, getting that support. Um, it's making it a priority is acted, which is what, what Thomas has seen is an act of justice. Yeah, you know, we we owe it to, you mm-hmm. know, I, I that's a very beautiful way of putting it. I I have never thought of it that you kind of owe it to that group that you've you've joined, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, I, and oh, I think, you look. I think that was a Monsignor's point was well as well taken for sure. That it's um, we all have those days or evenings where you know we'd rather sit at home and do nothing than go out to these to meet with a group or whatever. But but it's not about you in this case either. In some cases, it's it's a you owe like you said you owe it to them. They you you may have something uh, to add to something that this person is struggling, and yeah. um, it's it it's another reminder that it's not not about me. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's do one more, and then we can maybe start hitting the sins. Or you want to? Uh, <laughs> sure. yeah. Okay. So, I mean, restitution makes sense if you steal something, you got to give, you got to make up for it. But you damage something, you need to, yeah, mm-hmm. fix it. Yeah, I think I think most people would understand that. Um, liberality, being generous in accord with right reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh wait. Well, oh, here we go. Or truth. Acting, speaking, represent ourselves in accord with what is true and real. Yeah. Which one do you want to do? Well, I think uh, truth is uh, we owe the truth to people. Uh, yeah. the, to intentionally mislead uh, is, is a very serious sin. To Lying of its nature, it, it, it completely thwarts the true nature and purpose of, of speech. Uh, people need the truth. Uh, lies can cause people to waste time, money, and and even go in the completely wrong direction in their lives. And so these are the kinds of things that we owe the truth to others. Now, uh, there was um, a theory that came out um, back in the 60s that it wasn't wrong to lie to people who had no right to the truth. And uh-uh, no, uh, we, we, cannot, we cannot intentionally lie. We just can't do it uh, because we owe uh, our our. The purpose of speech, as God has given it, is that we convey what is true. Uh, To to lie is to totally distort the entire nature and purpose of speech. So we want to edify, we want to build up, we want to challenge, but above all, we want to speak the truth. And unfortunately today, um, there is an awful lot of lying, distorting of the truth that goes on even in the church, People saying things are okay that aren't okay. And this is going on at the highest levels. And um, a lot of us are concerned that the synod and so on that's going on is kind of a free-for-all for for people to just kind of say things that the Bible says, no, you can't do, that it is okay to do them. And so there's a lot of this that really misleads people and sends them heading in the wrong direction. Major life-changing things that they get involved in sinful habits and patterns and uh, they unfortunately have people that could come tickle their ears and tell them that, um, <clears throat> that it's, well, you know, call good or no big deal what God calls sin. And so that, this is a very, unfortunately, widespread problem. But why is this a matter of justice? Because I owe you the truth. And if I withhold the truth and I have an obligation to speak it to you, like I'm a teacher or a priest, for example, or a parent towards children, um, I'm I'm down on the job, and I will be I will be held accountable for that. You know, silent pulpits are a sin. It's it's an injustice to withhold from people the truth or to fail to explain it to them in such a way that uh, they can better understand it, or to especially uh, obfuscate or or misrepresent the truth is a very serious matter, and it's going on a lot today. And it's not just in pulpits. There's too many silent dining room tables. There's too many silent uh, or, or misleading things that parents say to kids. Um, so again, we will be held accountable for every idle word, says Jesus. Right. Good. So that's actually a good setup for the sins because uh, there are a lot of the the sins against justice have to do against truth or the respect that we owe them. And um, so let's look at... Uh, um, Sins well, maybe we can just list them. Yeah. Okay. And then so, uh, we can pick a few of them because it's a lot. <laughs> I know. Justice. All right. So there's injustice, mm-hmm. respect of persons. Um, well, that's, uh, well, see, that's, that's something that has to be explained to people because yeah. it yeah. sounds good, but uh, not in the way that we're thinking. Murder, mutilation, theft, robbery, 
refusal of restitution, unjust accusation, calumny to make false charges against another, detraction, mm -hmm. which would be yeah. gossip, reviling, backbiting, tailbearing, derision, that's a fancy way of saying making fun of a person, cursing, mm -hmm. cheating, perjury, usury, irreligion. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So, um, I mean, I guess um, injustice, I mean, you know, I think we can, we've kind of hit that respect the persons. So what is it, what does it mean that how is the respect of persons, mm -hmm. uh, a, according to yeah. Thomas, a vice and not a, mm -hmm. uh, virtue because we're always taught you got to respect everybody. Mm -hmm. Well, it's an excess, which is, true, which is yeah. true, but like, mm -hmm. what does he mean by that? Yeah. This is what we might call an excess. Remember how vices, when it comes to the virtues, vices are either an excess or a defect. This is an excess of the virtue of respect of persons. Ordinarily, we confer respect and so on. We care about other people's feelings and so on. The problem is conferring respect or authority on those to whom it is not due and thereby thwarting respect and obedience to the one to whom it is due. And the most common form of this is where we care more about what people think about us than what God does. Well, we listen to people, we listen to the culture, we listen to, you know, all this and, and um, then, uh, but we don't listen to God. We obey what the boss says, because he's writing the paycheck, but we don't obey God. So, um, uh, so, you, so you start to see that while it was true that we should listen and be respectful and hear what other people are saying, but at the end of the day, um, we confer that respect or authority on what they're saying uh, to whom it isn't really due or at least not do as much as it is to God. Now, and unfortunately you'll get this sometimes also in, um, um, you know, you'll get this in, um, uh, you know, like music, you know, Oh, but the song says, you know, uh, the song, this, and, you know, the song says that. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, the, the music, you know, person, whatever, uh, you know, I don't, I don't even know who the artists are today, but gets into your ear and teaches you and says, oh, you know, born this way or whatever. And then, oh, you know, all this kind of stuff. And we think, and we just discard what God says because it doesn't comport with the culture and the, what the music people are saying or the, or the celebrities and how they're living their lives. And after all, now we've all got to go get a tattoo because so-and-so got one and on and on we go. And we don't give God any of this kind of respect, and we do give it to people to whom it's either not due at all or to whom it's due in a far lesser degree. So I, I hope that helps. Um, and it's a huge problem. I mean, we are desperately afraid of being rejected, and we conformity and going along and wanting to please people and have the applause of the crowd and so on is, is something which is... Um, you know, a real serious problem today. And it caused, it's the source of a lot, a lot of sin. Have you no fear of God would be the kind of response to someone who's just going along with what everybody else does, but doesn't fear God, you know? So, yeah, I, I, I think also, um, you know, just to look at this list, you know, there's a few other things here. Um, one of the things, notice, uh, obviously murder is unjustly depriving a person of life, which is, it is our obligation to respect and reverence their life. We owe them this because they are a human being uh, deserving of respect. They are a, uh, a creation of God. Hmm? Uh, so we owe this to them, uh, this respect for their life. But in some sense, we don't, we don't give this to them and we outright either murder them or irresponsible are irresponsible in the presence of their life and act recklessly and we may you know bring death to them and so on so we have that and there's also the, another thing here that on the list that's interesting especially today mutilation mutilation that is to say where we the maiming of the body of another person we don't outright kill them but we somehow maim them but i'm going to tell you right now this whole trans movement Kids, a 13-year-old kid or an 8-year-old kid cannot give consent. And we have no right to make earth, I mean, a, a complete life-changing decisions with them uh, for the, uh, you know, uh, for our, whatever our own purposes. Um, you know, it, it is a terrible injustice, this uh, doing these surgeries and so on on these children or filling their bodies with hormones and so on. So, um um the um 
you know, the, uh, for example, let's talk about these sins of speech. You know, we, we owe people respect. We owe them the truth, but we also, they have a reputation. Everyone's, one of the most valuable things you have is your reputation. And with a bad reputation, you can't get very far or do many things. No one wants to hire you, et cetera. So to, to act in ways that harm other people's reputation, something to they are due our respect and uh, any avoidance of rash judgment on our part, and certainly a lot of bad mouthing them to others. We should respect and reverence other people's reputation and not unnecessarily harm it. So uh, Thomas lists your calumny, <clears throat> and um, uh, that, I'll, I'll define these in a second, but calumny, detraction, uh, reviling, uh, and backbiting. Um, and so it, calumny is to just outright make false charges about somebody. You know, he did this or he did that. Um, uh, and that's, that's just outright calumny. Is simply lie about another person, what they've done or haven't done. And that harms their reputation. And we owe them respect for their reputation, which is one of the most valuable things a person can have. All right. Uh, there's also then detraction, which is calling, it's calling uh, attention to the sort of the known faults of a person, like um, um, detraction, like, for example, I tend to be long-winded. <laughs> All right. This is a known fault that I have. Um, and uh, but so but some, we don't always need to be calling attention to people's even the, even though they're known faults and these are qualities of their personality. We don't always need to be calling attention to it and, and, and bringing it out that harms their reputation too. it exaggerate. We tend to exaggerate certain quirks or, or things. And then there's reviling, dishonoring a person right to their face. You're up in their face. You know, you're a blankety blankety blank. And again, we owe them a reverence and a respect for their reputation. Um, and we cannot, we, we should not in any undue way seek to harm it. And uh, so we, we just go right up there. Now backbiting, that's where you talk about a person behind their back. Right. And this Monsignor, comes in, Can I, can I yeah. question you on that for a second? Sure. So, all right. So one of the big, big questions we get a lot and, and I also, you know, not struggle with this, but I, I don't know the, the proper balance is, um, how do you, if it's, if it's like you have a superior and the superior is, I'm, I'm just using a, let's use a vague example. The superior to everyone is like not doing something right. And everyone knows it. it's a public thing. Where's, where do you draw the line? Like, I mean, is, is that like, like some people would say, anytime you talk about that would be gossip or is there a constructive way of doing that? Is it something you always have to go to the person out of justice. Um, what if you can't go to the person? Uh, it's a, you know, like, you know, um, I mean, what do you do in that, in that, in that, in that scenario? Yeah. Well, I, I, I think um, we all need some people that we can go and speak with to get advice. Um, like we're dealing with some, some issue with another person, sometimes with superior someone, and we can't really, we, we, we need some advice or sometimes we just need to vent, you know, and I think we, we, it's okay for us to have a few people in our life where they're kind of go-to people for this. Um, the danger, the problem is that we don't usually have one go, one or two go-to people who are wise and helpful. We, we just right. blabbed at everybody, uh, which we don't like so-and-so, or we don't like this situation or what have you. And so I think that to the degree that I could give any advice on this at all, I would say, well, try to let your confidants and your counselors be few um, and particularly helpful um and try not to just disperse this everywhere you know um right. uh so that's one thing and I, I also think when i'm having conversations with about somebody with somebody else and i'm maybe frustrated about something or what have you i i often try though in that conversation to be consciously also adding good qualities about this person uh, look, I, I, I'm not saying that they're all these bad things, but you know, this particular thing is troubling me right now about them. But, you know, honestly, gosh, they're they're really good at this and this and that. I think th those are probably the two most helpful things to make sure a conversation doesn't just become kind of a grape session where we, again, the, the danger here, this is about people's reputations. And um, right. people are uh, need a good, a good reputation and to unjustly arm that is, is a sin against justice because it's something that we owe. We owe people respect and we owe them uh, understanding. 
uh, even for some of their foibles and known faults, we we owe them though uh, to, to not unjustly harm their reputation. All right. And so I think, by, by the way, there's two forms of backbiting that Thomas talks about is tail bearing and derision. So derision, we're making fun of a person behind their back. Uh, tail bearing is spreading information that uh, in an unnecessary way that uh, might harm their reputation. So anyway, so yes, uh, I, I didn't mean to talk quite so long there, but as I say, you, you, well, you could detract by saying, yeah, he does talk a lot, doesn't he? <laughs> <clears throat> By the way, um, there's um, a couple things here that I think are pretty obvious as sins of injustice. Perjury, a lie confirmed by an oath. That's a very serious matter. Um, and also usury, which is charging excessive interest. Um, that's an injustice. You know, we, we might need to have some interest to, because the nature of money, the way it changes. Right. Have you ever been to a game, a uh, baseball game in Cannon Yards before? No, no. Yeah, that that would be that would definitely fall into that category. <laughs> they they charge like a lot two, for the food. Two, two beers and a hot dog. I think, you know, I bought I bought um hundred forty dollars. You know, a, you know yeah. a while ago, I was invited to a game, and I, I said, "Well, I'll buy you a beer." So it's two beers. That's it. Me and me and the other guy, and it cost me thirty dollars. I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" For for two mm. cans of beer, that's mm. usury. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I yet, mean that's I yet, mean it's that's sinful. Yet, if you were invited back, you'd go tomorrow. <laughs> beat me up some more <laughs> I, I mean they know they know they can do that i yeah. mean it's like um anyway yeah yeah uh, water's like 12 bucks i mean it's ridiculous you know mm -hmm. um but i can say a word about perjury yeah you know in the old days um we would put our hand on the bible the left hand and raise our right hand and uh, th this was done because back in the days when people actually believed in god <laughs> <laughs> um uh basically what you're saying is if i'm not telling the truth may every curse in this book come upon me and my family wow now that'll that'll make you think twice before you lie under oath now the other thing that today um i don't think they they generally don't use the bible except for you know higher offices but um um but there, there is this heavy threat that if you are caught lying under oath in a, in a, in a court, that uh, you will be heavily fined and perhaps subject to arrest and jail. So in other words, uh, I was on a grand jury for 40 days uh, a couple of years ago, and um, they, would, they wouldn't talk to the police. So what the police would do, it would be bring them in, swear them on, uh, put them under oath in a grand jury and, and um, ask them questions. Um, because under oath, they have to tell the truth. And if they don't, they can be seriously penalized. So it tends to make things come out. So the point is that swearing an oath or perjury is a very, very serious crime because usually, luckily in our culture, we only put people under oath in the more serious situations where to be able to know the truth is essential for both justice and proper information and how to properly adjudicate things. So when you're under oath and you uh, you you lie under oath, you know, uh, great punishment and harm can come. So, per, you know, t swearing oaths is something we should do on a limited basis, but it has a role. And by gosh, when you're under oath, it's a very, very serious, much more serious than just some of those polite lies we tell and things like that. Okay, because uh, lying under oath is a very, very serious matter. Right. And then... Um... Yeah, did you uh, speak yet? I we we haven't talked about irreligion. Mm. No, because remember we talked about religion as being an act of justice. And here it says refusing sacrifice or oblation, refusing tithes, mm -hmm. ignoring vows and oaths, superstition, idolatry, divin divinization, divination, divination, yeah, perjury, sacrilege, simony, impiety, disobedience, ingratitude, vengeance, hypocrisy, covetousness, and the like. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in, um simony you know selling sacred things uh mm. maybe you could share that story about the relics at that wedding monsignor mm. uh, about how that young lady uh called you up and she found um those relics at a garage sale <laughs> and you were like whoa 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 and they were selling them for a pretty yeah tell the story i think yeah. that was really telling it was a it was a set of, of four relics um for, and they were selling them at a garage sale for six hundred dollars there's, we have a, actually there's actually a small industry in the Catholic Church right now where people go out onto eBay 
and they find relics and they buy them just to rescue them from this buying and selling of sacred things. Um, we're not to be doing that. Um, you can sell a religious article for a legitimate cost and profit, but you, you can't charge more for it because it's been blessed. You can't do things like that. So, uh, so again, yeah, it's a sad thing that unfortunately there are some good benefactors out there that literally just comb through eBay and all these other to online Amazon places where relics are up for sale and they should not be, you don't buy and sell relics. So as I say, if a person can no longer retain a relic, they should bring it to the local parish or the church or the diocese um, for a proper relocation of that relic, but they should not ever just go sell it on eBay. Right. That uh, is not what, in fact, I have to say, I was very pleased to see in one of the issues or one of the programs called Pawn Stars, P-A-W-N, Pawn Stars, um, that uh, a relic was brought in, and uh, Rick, the uh, the star of the show, said, I, I can't buy this. this. is a religious thing. You know, I mean, you're not supposed to buy and sell this stuff. So he, he knew that this wasn't appropriate uh, for him to purchase it or for the person to sell it. He said, I think you should bring it to a local church. And, you know, good for him. So he handled it very well. I thought that was a good for him. Wow. I might say, but your religion, Father, um, again, goes back to what we talked about earlier, which is that, look, um, we have to accept that we owe God worship, adoration, praise. Likewise, uh, he's told us, you know, to pay the tithe, you know, to support the work of the, the church or the temple uh, so that there might be meat in mine house, says the Lord. You know, so we we, we, owe, we ought to uh, uphold his church and, and, and not just with money, but with our time and our talent, our presence. I, we were saying earlier, you know. In this in this part of the city called Ward Six of Washington D.C., over 100 churches have closed in the last 10 years. Now, those were once full churches, and they went into decline. These are not Catholic parishes, but people stopped attending. And you know, it's not just about money, but human resources, simple things, getting buildings repaired, or you know, staffing. You know, all these things begin to fall apart and malfunction when people just say, "Ah, I'll skip it." Right. So again, you know, we, was, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, Monsignor, you know, I was talking to some of the brothers, you know, I, um, you know, obviously I didn't do the October cows because I'm, you know, with you now, but uh, I was talking to some of the guys down south and they, every, almost every one of them said that numbers are creeping down Yeah, and it's, it's almost, they're like, they're like, where is everybody? I mean, yeah. just numbers are, are mm -hmm. so low and it's just every year it's dropping and it's dropping and it's dropping, you know? Yeah. Um. And so a lot of people say, well, I don't get anything out of it or whatever. But the point is, I'm trying to say to you, you know, I mean, not to you, you, Father, but I mean, to whoever is talking like this, you know, it isn't just about you. It's you owe this to God and you owe this to God's people. The church must be sustained and supported so the work of God can continue preaching the gospel, teaching, uh, doing the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. All these right. things take some time and effort. And so to simply just blow this off is an injustice, but it's also an injustice because God has owed worship, oblation. You know, it, it was it. Uh, I think Gandhi made a, a sort of an ironic comment. I think he was looking more at the Protestant notion of, of worship. But he said, the cur most curious thing I find in the West is this idea of worship without sacrifice. He says, hmm. you know, in every other religious tradition, one is expected to make a sacrifice. Hmm. And yet Protestants are kind of like, you know, peel me a grape, give me a lecture, talk to me about the Bible. And there's nothing bad. But the point is, where's the sacrifice other than maybe time? Mm. And yes, you know, they might bring talent. But you see, the idea of the mass as a sacrifice and so on, uh, all of these are, it's, it's an odd thing, isn't it? So oblations, sacrifices, um, you know, are, are important. Um, and then when we give way to all kinds of false religion and things that are superstition, we can't trust God, which we owe him trust, but we can't trust him. So we run off to, you know, do superstitious practices and so on. So all of these are, again, the flip side of the, the idea that he lists religion as a subpart of justice. So therefore, irreligion is an injustice to God and to the church and to others. All of society it gets weaker. It is not a benefit to this culture of ours that the churches are falling to pieces. It is not. And I think even some honest atheists will admit that I, I don't have any real interest in seeing all the churches fall apart. You know, they, they say, you know, they say to me, you know, they do help hold the line. And when you're increasingly living in a world where no, where, where more and more people think they will never account to God one day for what they've done. 
Right. Uh, you a, know, a lot of all bets go off with how they start to behave. You know, as you're speaking, Monsignor, one thing that comes to mind is how people can twist the notion of justice, because a lot of what you've spoken about and what uh, we're all taking this from Thomas Aquinas is that it's what is rightfully owed, owed to a person, mm-hmm. what is reasonable and mm-hmm. what is true. Right? It just seems like that seems to be like, you know, if it's false, it's not just. And um, but like we see a lot of times like women's rights, you know, it's it's an injustice to not let, let a woman be able to have an abortion, like how it's twisted. Um, yeah. uh, gay rights, you know, like it's the right or I have the right to go to into a bathroom. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. If I think I'm something else. How do you answer that when it's been it's been sort of put into the into the people's minds that it's an act of injustice to not permit that to happen because it's it's like twisted it's like you know you are unjust to not permit someone to get something they think they rightfully should be able to do yeah i mean this is i mean i think this is kind of like the question we will receive as priests but catholics but everybody this is the bigger question how do you answer that question uh truthfully and you know uh, succinctly. Mm-hmm. Well, let me read you something that Thomas says here in, in his uh, the opening section of the Summa. By the way, the part of the Summa would be the Secunda Secundae, questions 57 through 80, is where he covers this treatise on justice. Now, um, the he, he points out this. Um, we, uh, justice regards the common good, habitual right thinking and uprightness of conduct distinguish the just man in his stance toward his neighbor. He's not partial to the poor or deferent to the great. Justice, though a particular virtue, shines forth in a kind of universal way since it regards in some way all the external acts directed to God or others. And then he goes on to say, however, that uh, what is due to someone must be rooted in the truth and a habitual good conduct and so on. So when a person wants to be honored for a certain sin they commit, and even, you know, go by this name, you know, the, you know, the LBGTQ, all that sort of stuff, um, to demand that something is owed to them other than ordinary human respect. Remember, we'll have to go back to one of the parts of justice, which is the truth, you know, um, that is to say, um, you know, speaking the truth, people are owed the truth, not, and, and to participate in a lie, even if it's something they want us to do, is not is not just because it's not true that right. homosexual acts are, are approved or good or that um, fornication or sex before marriage or that uh, lying or uh, that uh, greed or you know what have you um, or physician assisted suicide it is simply not true that these are good things even if people want it or think it's good so we, our, our our overall obligation to uh, justice, giving them what is due, must be rooted in the truth. And there is no a right to kill a child in the womb. Uh, there is no uh, injustice in calling it what it is, namely murder. And um, it is, uh, uh, so I, as I say, just because somebody demands to be treated a certain way or demands for me to think a certain way, doesn't what I want to do is say, well, what does God say? What does God teach? What is true? What is what is reasonably true, even for people who don't right? <laughs> and then the it Bible. becomes, but then it becomes like a vicious, um, sort of uh, argument, like circular argument. But like, well, that's your truth, and this, you know, because like it goes like, well, what is truth? You know, like our Lord, uh, yeah. you know, you know, uh, it can. Well, yeah, that's your truth. That's my truth. Um, but what, what Thomas is saying, it has to be true in order for it to be just and for you to have a right to it right so it's just it's it's either true or it's not true and Mm -hmm. if it's not biblically true then it's not true therefore you Mm -hmm. don't we don't owe it to you essentially we respect you right as a person that we owe that to everybody um Mm -hmm. we want what's best for you but uh essentially we're not going to allow you to have those what you think is is a right if it's not mm-hmm. true and, and, and ju- right and just and er- error error has no rights yes uh, uh lies have no rights but that said we might have to sometimes seed the point that somebody has a right to be wrong but uh we don't have to necessarily honor and uphold well if you think abortion is good that's good for you you go do that you do you well no that's not just 
you know, because there's a child yeah. there too. And we have to speak for it. It seems many people have answered, um, at least let's just say groups under the under the guise of social justice ha have started to answer their perceived injustices mm -hmm. with their own unjust yeah. actions. Yeah. Bake me a cake, you bigot. I'll see you in court. You know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I'm going to, you know, if you don't go along with my, the lies I'm spinning, you you will be penalized. You will be punished. They they kept talking. Remember how many years ago they were always, oh, you're trying to impose your beliefs on me. I said, I don't have the power, man. I don't have the power to impose my beliefs. But they have the power. This this woke crowd, you know, they come at us from the courts. They haul us into court. There, there's all kinds of things. You literally in Canada, you can be, you can uh, parents. There are parents in jail right now because they mispronoun some one of their children. I mean, they, they're the ones, you know, who are coming at us and and in, in you know forcing lots of injustices on 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 us because you know well, you won't you won't go along with the lie, and um, yeah. All the stuff they accuse us of is stuff they really do. There's a lot of projection going on there. Right, right. Good. Well, thank you, Monsignor. It's, um, you know, every time we go through these virtues, you know, I think um, there's a lot to bring to prayer and also examine one's consciences. I remember I prayed on prudence all week. And I think there are a couple of times like, that's not prudent. <laughs> you know, so this is great. So next week, folks, uh, we're going to, we're going to finish this, uh, this four week uh, marathon on human virtues. We're going to do temperance, um, the, the favorite of all the virtues, <laughs> self control, the one that everyone loves. But uh, you know, what does that mean? The, the 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 what is the temperance? It doesn't mean we don't enjoy things, but we don't overdo it, shall we say? You know, which is the human problem, right? Right. And mm -hmm. uh, and 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 but sometimes you can be a little bit too temperate, you know, and not enjoy anything and that's also not virtuous also so uh well thank you Monsignor. can we have a blessing please yes um may the peace and the blessing of almighty god the father son and holy spirit come upon you all and remain with you always amen amen all right